welcome to Strands Real Estate Podcast, episode four. I'm your host, Eric, and I'm here with my uh, best friends, business partners, and uh, co-host, Brian Ransell, Michael Nunziata. Um, how was your weekend, guys? Yeah, it's all right. I've uh, been battling some illness. Yeah. Uh, Brian gave me a sickness. <laughs> I think it's going to blame my, blame my kids. <laughs> They're like, wait till you have your own. They'll bring home every disease. <laughs> oh, yeah, no demand. I, I saw your daughter yesterday. She had a pretty gnarly cough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it was gone, and she was great, and then she came back, same thing with me, and just been battling on and off. It's great times. Merry yeah. Christmas. How was yours, dude? You just got back from Tennessee. Tennessee was awesome. Beautiful place, beautiful people, <laughs> a lot of music, great music. Um, took it was the, good. Took the uh, one-month-old to uh, the Grand Old Opry. <laughs> yeah, she's two months old. <laughs> two months old. Yeah. Time flies. Yeah, she slept on the entire plane there, the entire plane ride back. Just slept. It's amazing. That's, That's more, more sleep than I got in the past month. Yeah, she that it was. It's pretty awesome. Everybody wanted to come up and see her. You know, they we got upgraded our seats to the handicap seats oh, at the nice. Grand Ole Opry. We were all the way at the top in the nosebleeds, and then they saw us up there with the baby, and they're like, well, "You guys can come sit down here." And that's dope. Right, and we're like, done. There's that's great. Nobody around us except for one dude that took up 14 seats. Um, that's okay. Yeah, it is because I take up like three, so I'm almost there. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, that was that was that. That was cool. Uh, went out there and did some work. Was looking at a couple um, opportunities for us to invest in, and looks like we got a few offers out on there. Mike doesn't want to talk about them today because he's afraid it'll it'll, I don't it'll jinx, jinx it. Like I don't the, want to jinx uh, it. Baseball curse. Yeah, you can't talk about it till it's done. So, uh, we won't talk too much about those. But Mike today, Maybe not specifics, but yeah. Uh, it kind of ties back into like what the last podcast we were talking about, kind of being fluid in the market, and, you know, and being able to adjust. And so, Eric went out on a on a search to help us adjust and find places to invest. And, and then, uh, what? Why Tennessee? Why was Tennessee so appealing? Tennessee's appealing for for multiple reasons. One, it's I think it's the fourth fastest growing um, state in the country in terms of population, and in the Nashville area is the I believe the fourth net. Fourth fastest growing metro area. <coughs> Sorry, um, and and the property prices are still fairly. You're still able to get in, you know. Whereas in California, when the properties were were going up, um, you know, people paying a million dollars over asking, that's not happening over there. Your dollar value seems to stretch a lot farther too. Correct, and and kind of like how we talked about in the last one, where we're not looking for necessarily equity-heavy properties. We're looking for more cash-flowing properties to kind of allow us to make money as we're, as we're growing instead of just, you know, holding on to something for five years and hoping that we're going to make money on the, on the back end. Correct, yeah. Um, so that's kind of what... I mean, you're going to make less maybe per, per month than you would doing multiple flips or whatever, but it's steady and it's kind of safe, and in this market you need to... Yeah, equity can come and go, but if your cash flow is there, kind of keep you surviving in times that are hard, you know? 100%. I just saw something about that. What did it say? Uh, Pace Morby always says something about it. What did he it say? It says cash. Uh, what does he say? Equity comes and goes, but cash always flows or yeah, something, something like that. Something like that. Uh, so, you know... We these need some are, clever sayings. Yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> the, the cool thing about the these properties that we looked at is they're, they're value-add properties um, that are already cash-flowing. Um, you know, we put in the offer, so we'll see what happens with those. But, um, you know, it may not come yeah. to fruition, and it may. But 
I guess uh, without going into too much detail on the property, not to jinx it, but uh, one of them is kind of uh, the potential to build some stuff, right? Maybe add another unit in this existing building or single family house. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So one of the houses is one of the properties. It's a, it's actually two parcels. And if you you're familiar with Tennessee at all, parcels are a little bit bigger than here in California. So um, one of them is a, it's a, got multiple bedrooms, but it also has a basement with um, access to the outside. So you could, the goal there would be to split that upstairs, which is a four bedroom. And then downstairs, you could turn it into a two bedroom and and change that into a duplex pretty easily. Um, I mean, just with the rents alone on that, with just the rent of just the single family house would cash flow. But the... That's without turning the basement. That's without turning the basement into... Um, another little apartment complex. But the other cool thing about this property is because it comes with two parcels, we can get the plans to and entitlements to either build a duplex or, you know, another multifamily opportunity there and, and uh, either sell it off once you get it all entitled and everything and, and make some money there or build something there and, and get the cash flow there as well. How long, just as kind of more of a question for Brian, I, I know I definitely don't know, unless you became a construction guy since I last saw you, I, I know you don't know, but uh, as far as like building an additional dwelling on that second parcel, right, because that would be the ultimate goal. Obviously, it's still a good deal if we don't do it. I think that's why we like it so much. But if we are able to do that, it would just drastically increase the entire deal for us, right, cash flow, equity. So as far as timeline, what do you think we'd be looking at like just so people understand how long do you think from starting it to pretty much the end of it? Well, there's going to be a couple of aspects to it. If you're talking about just building the on the new parcel. Yeah, on the new parcel. Um, you know, Tennessee, we have to look into that a little bit. But you're probably looking at about a year from start to finish, depending on how, how big you want to do. Yeah. But you're just thinking just a duplex. You're going to have a garage. Um, and what you want to add to it, probably about a year from start to finish, get plans drawn up, yeah. get everything all going. Um the, con- the conversion should probably only take about four months. And what I mean by the conversion is that single-family home that's already there, converting the downstairs basement area into a livable space yeah. uh, to, to increase your rents and stuff there. It's really not, I mean, that's a pretty good timeline since we're, in our head, it's what, like a pretty much three- to five-year deal is what we're thinking, right? You know, yeah, so, so, we would, so the, the other cool thing about these is they're seller finance opportunities. Yeah. Because of the current you know interest rates and everything, people are especially people that have paid off properties are more interested in, in hearing those things because their properties are just sitting there for, for a while. So if yep. you're like, Hey, well, why don't you be the bank and we'll, you know, we'll pay you monthly. And, um, you know, like we talked about that a lot in the last podcast about seller finance and, and kind of how that benefits, um, sellers and us, uh, you know, these people are, are pretty eager to, to learn about it and kind of, Take it on. And one of these deals, actually, the person that's selling it, he bought it on a seller finance deal. So yeah. he's familiar with the process and, and uh, you know, and, and how that goes. So, yep. I, I think a, a reason why seller finance might be, you know, pretty sought after in the coming months is because people's equity is down, right? So we can kind of structure where they'll get the equity that they want just in the future plus the cash flow. So, you know, we're allowing people not to lose any money, right? Like in the situation with this, we're offering them higher prices than we would right now that they would ever get right now in the market. Correct. Yeah, like one of them we're offering, you know, 50 grand over what they were asking for. Yeah. And 
it, you know, but it so works for us. It, you know, it's it works for us in the long term, yeah. especially because of what we want to do to the property. We'll yep. increase that property value by a lot more, significantly more. Yeah, and it also frees up your ability to have extra cash on the side to do these renovations. Yep, and you know the, the additional builds and whatnot too. So you're not just so you can come cash poor and then yeah. you can't do anything. Well, seller finance is definitely a way, like you said, right, to kind of keep some reserves and, and be able to grow your portfolio without, you know, spending all the money you have in the bank. You know, especially times like this, you kind of can keep some money in the bank and save it for, you know, you improvements, to, whatever. You know, especially for us, you know, small starting up and or anyone really small and starting up, it gives you opportunity to do more than one project at a time. Yeah, that's you know, a great you point. You kind of stagger some things and your growth can, can move a little faster. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's all it's all based off of what you're comfortable with. Now you may like the old model of just traditional loans and yeah. do that. And that's what you're comfortable with. That's what you're comfortable with. But this is a a good way to kind of accelerate. Yeah, yeah, it's creative. And obviously, every deal that's on the market probably won't be okay with this. Majority of people are are hesitant to it because yeah. they just don't understand. But and yeah, then it becomes your job or our job in this case to educate them on the benefits of it. Yep. I definitely think there's a lot. Of, I mean, me personally, I would do it if I own like a big apartment complex. I would probably do seller financing and keep that cash flow, and you're, you know, making the same money essentially without having the stress of dealing with an apartment building or any tenants. Yeah, there's no there's no real risk because even if you default on the loan, they just take it back over. Yep, exactly. It's like the bank did in the big crash, uh, defaulted on the loans, and they got the houses back, and then they got to resell them. Yeah. You know, plus they got to get a nice write-off and yep. leverage all that debt. Yep. Well, tell us a little more about Tennessee. So Tennessee was a good one. Or I guess let's move on to Tennessee. But what, what are other areas we were – let's go into some other areas. We're talking about like talking about Texas, northwest Arkansas, those kind of areas. Yeah, Mike, you know more about northwest Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know the exact uh, stat. I read somewhere, this is a while ago, that they had a couple of like – Fortune's top companies located in Northwest Arkansas, which I, I never would have known if I wasn't reading about it. You know, you don't think of Northwest Arkansas being a booming economy, I guess. You know, no offense to Northwest Arkansas, but that's where Walmart is. Yeah, that's yeah. That Walmart's headquarters are there, and I just read something actually they're expanding, and you know, it's it's actually a great area to invest. It's and it's still relatively cheap. You know, like you can still get a great property, duplex, even a fourplex for like. You know, three hundred grand, which is crazy. You know, yeah. especially in this market. But I mean, we know there's a lot of big investors that are investing out there. I know, you know, Tarek Musa just bought or is building, I think, developing like a massive apartment complex. I actually just saw that online the other day. Yeah, I saw that too. Good for him. I think he's developing, right? It looked like he was developing. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll ask him later. All right. Well, let's without getting into too much specific detail about the location of properties, let's actually kind of go into what a plan would be on a big apartment complex. You know, like we're looking at here, um, how to increase rents, why we're looking at it, what the strategy is of the whole the whole deal. You know, of course, we talked about the seller financing, uh, getting creative with that to get the property. But once you have the property, where do we go from there? All right. So I'm I'm going to dig into a little bit. I'm just going to ignore Mike's uh, <laughs> wanting to. Not wanting to jinx this, but jinx I, it, bro. Cross my fingers the whole time while we talk. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll won't go into specifics about the address or anything like that about the the property, but um, it's a very large community, and each of the each of the uh, units are individual units. So it's um, let's just say it's over fifty units, 
and it's um, they're not attached. None of them are attached. So they're which is unique. I, right, it's I mean. very unique, and it's it's uh, yeah, it, it's unique. So anyway, so none of them are attached, and they're all little separate individual homes, and they're all very small homes, one or two bedrooms. They're all two bedrooms, two bedrooms, one bath. And none of them have gates around their yards, nothing. It's just this little tiny, these little tiny apartments. Or I guess they're technically single family. Condos. Yeah, it is kind of a, well, are they condos though? Because they're, they're also not attached. So. Yeah, which <laughs> yeah. is kind of It is nice. kind of a cool thing, to be honest with you. It's something that we don't really have out here in California, maybe like a mobile home park yeah. almost. Can you sell them off individually? Homes. Yeah, you can sell them off individually. So it, it, what's crazy about this whole thing is, is, there's other ones in this complex that are owned by other people, by individuals who own them. Some like a very small amount of them, but like maybe five out of the however many there are there. But ten thousand. Yeah, ten thousand. <laughs> and all the rest of them are are owned by just this one group. And so that's what they're selling off is this whole this all of these. So um and of all these, they're all rented. Which so is you, fantastic because yeah, you know you're huge. getting some money coming in. Yeah. So, so when you are looking at that property, you know they're all rented. Uh, can you throw out some of the terms that you're looking for as far as you know the amount of rent you're getting in, total operating costs? Yeah, so they it's it's currently managed by a management company. I, I can't remember the management company, but it's uh, currently run run by them. So that's you're going to have a cost there. But if we did it, we'd be if if we got the deal the way that we wanted it, we would still cash flow. An extra, I, I don't know. Let's say somewhere around twenty thousand dollars a month. And how how are you calculating that cash flow for everyone out there? Uh, calculating it by taking the total rent based on everybody's you know rent. Then you're subtracting your 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 everyday fees, so the, what you got to pay, you know, expenses. Your, your expenses, what you have to pay in in maintenance, what you got to pay your uh, management management company, company and gardener, and your gardener yeah. trash, whatever. So after all that, this thing would still cash flow somewhere around twenty thousand dollars a month. That's that's a pretty nice little chunk of change. Uh, but the plan with that money is to take that money and as the rents expire, to go in because the other nice thing about this property is there is some value add to it, right? So it's not they've they fixed up maybe you know ten out of the fifty units, um, but there's still another 40 that need to be updated. So it's important, a few things Eric said there that you guys need to be aware of. Looking at the total rents, looking at operating expenses, looking at the money after, looking at what he just said value add was, basically, you know, you're renting, a, you have a rental, right? And it's going to make, just say, $500 a month. However, if you put maybe another $500 a month, $500 into the apartment, you would get a total rent of, say, $1,000 a month. So yeah, you have some money up front, but then your total cash flow after that's gonna gonna double, and that's kind of what a value add is. Yeah, you're yes, you're making money property. now, correct? Yeah, but you can make a lot more on these value adds if you do it right. Yeah. So so currently, I think the rents are under rent by three hundred plus dollars a month, and that's just because they they just got rented out at a lower rate. The places weren't as nice. So if you go in and let's just say you dump, I don't know, let's say you dump. Ten thousand dollars into each unit. Ten thousand is pretty safe for about that square footage that we're looking at. You know, let's say you dump ten thousand dollars into each unit, and then you could rent each one out another three hundred dollars a month. That's three times twelve. You're getting thirty six hundred bucks back. But then there's also if you if you add a fence around each of these yards, right? So that was another thing I, I learned while I was out there is if you have a fenced in yard, 
you could rent out each one of those spaces for uh, an extra $100 a month. And I got a quote for the little fences around them. They're about $500 a fence to put up. So you're making that money back and some just in by six months. In six yeah. months. And $100 a month doesn't sound like a lot, but when it's across 50 units, you know, it's significant. Oh, yeah. Across 50 units across the whole year, that's significant. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so. that's after that first five months, then it's all that extra hundred bucks. So yep. you're just initial up front, wear it for a little bit, and then after that you're yep. making more. Yep. So that's what we mean by by value add. So so then on top of that, you want to increase your NOI, which is your net operating income, which is your cash flow basically. So if you're able to increase those rents and your in your expenses stay the same, but you're increasing those rents significantly, you're increasing the NOI there. That makes the property much more valuable to somebody that want, to an, another investor that wants to come buy it. Who's like, I just want to park my money somewhere um, that's going to keep up with inflation. Let's just say at four or five percent. I want a four or five percent cap rate, and they don't have to do anything. They just come in, park their money. Now you can off that property for even more than. than yeah, it gives you. It's nice as it gives you options. You can hold the property, you can sell the property, but either way, you're looking pretty good that you have a better opportunity to make money, especially in this market we're in now. People are going to need rentals. They, yep. they aren't going to be buying homes. You know, they're going to have to have somewhere to live, and this is your chance to get in. Correct. So uh, so that's kind of, that's that's one of the benefits too. And also one of the units there that they have, they've been using it as a leasing office. And the other cool thing is, is they have this huge, um, like, it's not a shed, but it's almost like a barn but it's you know it, it's like a a real play it's like a real we're, we're from california so yeah. barns are barns barn. are a new thing to what's us. a barn <laughs> yeah it's not it's not really a barn it's like a large like storage unit but it's yeah like a big tough shed almost yeah big tough shed but it's got real walls it's got you know it's it's what you could use so you could really and only half of it was being occupied with stuff so you could turn half of that into the leasing office and add another unit to the... Well, the nice thing on this one, too, right, is it comes with the land. The land isn't leased. Correct. It comes with the land. So now you have the potential of two-bedroom, one-bathroom one places. Well, maybe you those are run down enough, whatever. Maybe you want to do a different type of development out there. You know, So you have all kinds of options if you, if you play your cards right. You know, you're not just locked into having to keep those or fix them up. And it's just how you lay out your plan and go for it. And the other thing too is it's it's it has an HOA. So because each of those are individually owned, but because we would own the majority by like 90%, we would control the HOA. So on top of that we're getting an HOA fund too. So if something happens to one of the roofs or something, that can come out of that HOA fund, not our personal pockets. Yeah, that was new to me. I never heard of something like that. That's actually really cool. I've never been a big fan of the HOA. I felt a little, yeah. a little uncomfortable with HOAs. Yeah, because you're always going to get some some weirdo that's like, oh, I can't take, can't leave your trash cans there. You got the, the community police. Yes, you know, it's some it's some retired old lady that or old man that just just needs something to do. Yep, there, there they are. We yeah. noticed your trash cans were to the left of your mailbox, and they're supposed to be on the right of the mailbox. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love people. 
but times. the but the HOA allows us to control the whole. So do we control the HOA? We would control the HOA. So, so we, we are the HOA. Yeah. So we would control the whole HOA. So we would be able. We're, to, we're not letting you have control of anything. <laughs> I'll control. Yeah. I, I got it. Okay. You're, you're, I'll handle uh, it. Yeah. So having control over the HOA allows us to like if we wanted to add a dog, little dog because there's no joke. There's a lot of land on that thing. So yeah. if you wanted to add a little dog park for all the residents to have a little thing or a community. Um, barbecue area you could do all that and that would increase the value of the whole place yeah you yeah know, so not just the individual units you might be able to rent it out maybe 25 dollars more a month because you have those amenities and that's 25 dollars across a month across again 50 plus units you know you're and looking it's at land like you're yeah. saying it's a lot of land and there's only so much land yeah they're not making more land unless you're in dubai in dubai and they yeah. make whatever they want <laughs> But yeah, that that's the other awesome thing too is you own that land. Yep, so on, much potential on each of those units. So it's it's a it's it's a good opportunity. We'll see what happens. I mean, we may have just jinxed it here by talking about it, but it's. I have my fingers crossed. We're good. If we, if we do, it's yeah. Mike's fault. He didn't cross yeah. his fingers. It was my finger, right my, right. my toes, and my finger, my left toe, right hand, or left <laughs> left foot, right hand. It's supposed, it's supposed to be the other way around. Though. I'm I don't not know. sure how you crossed your left foot. My toes. My my toes on my left foot. You got it. Sorry, my, my head, guys. It's a little cloudy. That little club foot going on over there. Yeah. My hoof. <laughs> I crossed my hooves. All right. Well, so now we've talked about your trip out to Tennessee and getting getting there and looking around. How did you set up getting out to Tennessee in the first place? I mean, you don't live there. You're 3,000 miles away. Uh, you don't know people there, so how did you how did you handle all that? Well, I think it's more like eighteen hundred miles. No one no one told me there would be math in this class. So. <laughs> how long is that flight, by the way? Like three and a half hours there. Seven hours. Got it. Yeah, seven hours. I just double everything you say. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, with a sleeping baby. Okay, sorry. Um, sleeping babies. Got it. <laughs> so the way that these these deals kind of came about is I did a lot of cold calling and a lot of. Uh, you know, really a lot of cold calling, and I called a lot of brokers out there. That so, how does that go? That cold calling? Because I've heard you do it. It just sounds ex- exciting. Yeah, it's a lot of people saying no. You just, it's a lot of rejection, but you just kind of you just keep doing it, and you just it's not a personal it. rejection. No, just it's not rejection Correct. of them not wanting to make money. And, and let's, I mean, I was a cop. I used to get punched in the face for a living. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's it's a lot better than that. So. Um, it, you know, so I did a lot of cold call. I cold called a lot of brokers and, and said, hey, listen, I'm not that familiar with the area. This is what we do out here. This is what we're looking to do out there. Um, we're ready to move on something if you can find it. So I, I basically got about three different brokers to kind of buy into to us and to kind of look for different things. Now explain broker because I think that people have a misconception of broker versus real estate agent when they're thinking of residential yeah yeah so i i didn't reach out to any residential guys it's all guys that work in the commercial multifamily spaces and they're all is, called brokers not real estate agents or yeah they like to be called yeah they don't like to be they're all agents because they they don't have their broker's license they just have their agent license but they think that they're they're special and i'm uh i mean i'm one of them you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you definitely I, think you're special that's true you know before i was a broker i would you know refer to myself as a commercial broker, you know, because I mean, that's just kind of what people do or, or an associate or whatever they call you or, you know, but it, nobody says real estate agent in, in the commercial world because they think that it's just a, uh, it's a, it's a good old boys club, you know, up in that, that world. But, um, so I would call a lot of those guys and just say, Hey, you know, what do I need to do? Like, or, or, you know, 
what can we do? I'm going to be out here this date. Can you have something to show me on this date? Because that's the only time that I can come. I had one set up. I had one set up, and so I was able to get two others set up to look at uh, while I was out there in the three days that we were there. So it was pretty good. Made some relationships. And, uh, you know, so anyways, going back to your question, I know I kind of veered off a little bit. Um, I think we're all a little uh, tired here. Um, So I I, I kind of veered off. So anyways, going back to your question is how did I do it? Just made a lot of cold calls, tried to tell them, you know, hey, this is what we're doing. I tried to put a, you know, put a little more, um, you know, I guess bang behind the buck, if that's the right terminology there. I'm not sure what term that is, but let's go for it. Bang behind the buck. I I try to put a little more, you know, to, you know, to go, I physically went out there to meet these people so that they would know like, hey, we're not just somebody that's that's asking. We're we're legitimately looking to that one of those where the rubber meets the road things. Yes, yes. You said okay. we had to come up with our own good slogans and catchphrases. So bang meets the buck. Yeah. Bang behind the buck. Yeah, bang behind the say. Yeah, bang so, behind the yeah, buck. Yeah, so so we just Probably need to get a different industry. BBTB. Yeah. Bang behind the buck. BBTB. We'll I'm just putting that in my bed. I'm just putting it in. All right, put it in your bed. Make it understand to my head. All right. So yeah. So so just to put a little more bang behind the buck. Okay. We, uh, I, I went out there and, and introduced myself to these guys and, you know, and basically kind of made them know who we are, who Strands is, and kind of what we're doing. And, and we're looking in that market, so keep looking for us. And, and uh, some of these guys came up with a couple things, and, and two out of the three were good, uh, were good opportunities. So we're, we're chasing them down. And, you know, and I think that also shows them, too, even if these deals don't work out, it shows these guys that we're working with that, hey, we're, we're putting in offers. We're, we're trying to make these things work. So if you just keep working with us, eventually you're going to get paid out on something. Yeah. And show we're not wasting their time, right? You know, we're willing, you know, they're willing to do the work. We're, we're serious buyers. We're not going to just have them run around for no reason. Oh, yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people forget about, even, even in just being a real estate agent in general. is A lot of people think, oh, real estate agents get paid so much. It's like, well, they not always, you know, because they put a lot of time into – People and we don't get paid unless something closes. And, and your you know? dollar per hour gets quite skewed. Yep. You know, because oftentimes you're trying to work on deals during the day, but you really can't work with the clients till in the evening when they're off their job. Yep. You know, so you're working a lot of hours every day. And you know, yeah, there's some downtime in between, but it's not consistent downtime. Yeah. Yeah. And you have so you have to kind of as an agent or as a broker, or as a any type of thing in, in this type of world, you have to kind of figure out who's wasting your time and who's not. And being and the fact that I'm calling from California and they're in Tennessee, they're already like, don't California my Tennessee. So <laughs> they're already hesitant to kind of work with us. And then but going out there and putting a face to the name and putting a little more bang behind the buck, they're uh I, I already regret that. <laughs> they're a lot more uh they're a lot more willing to work with us and and you know they see that we're we're actually trying to make some things happen. So yeah. So right. now, so now, because of that trip, we have a couple of relationships with a couple of guys out there, which is which is nice. Relationships are key, right? You For know, sure. You get out there, Especially you, you met business. them, and you never know what's going to come out of that. Or maybe they know someone else, and that someone else gets a hold of you. And it's a small world, you know. It's a small group of people that do this and make a living on this, you know. And, and people that do it well, it's even smaller. So you want to connect with who you can and use a relationship to foster your growth. Correct. 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 Bang behind the buck. You're out, Mike. That's buck. it. Fuck you guys. I can't do this with you guys anymore. <laughs> so that's how that all went down. I'm glad it did. I, you know, the nice thing was is got to go out there and 
hopefully ride it off. And we got to, you know, we got to go to the Grand Ole Opry and, yeah. you know, I got to go whiskey tasting, which uh, is still gross. <laughs> love whiskey. No, you, you don't. I have you seen your face. Not. You do not love whiskey. Yeah. I pretend to like whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, it's all it's true. all in the mind, man. I got to train my mind to like it. Oh man, the, the people out there they're like, oh, well, you try start with this one. This one's more mild. No, it tastes like all like yeah. it came out of a rubbing alcohol. I've been I've been I've been trying. It's, it's definitely an acquired taste. Oh uh, yeah. By acquired, I mean I've gotten older, so now I like it. <laughs> so I, Damn, I just assume my body's dying, and now <laughs> scotch and whiskey taste better. I, I don't know. Your I, taste buds are dying. Yeah, <laughs> my soul's gone. I nothing left, so I drink scotch. I, I'm really trying. I mean, even they're like, "Oh, well, you can only get Tennessee whiskey that's only made here in Tennessee. You got to try this." That actually makes sense. Tennessee whiskey in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I. I Did I you tell know. him you were there for the bang for your buck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I said, I said, give me the whiskey that's going to give me a little more bang behind the buck. <laughs> yeah. That's that we should call this episode "Bang Behind the Buck." Bang behind the buck. Okay, done. Yeah. I like it. Work. I'm gonna put that on my There's next sign, that. my real estate sign. Get your get the most bang behind your butt. Come see this now. <laughs> I'm gonna see that on billboards all across <laughs> California. Uh, people are gonna wonder: Is this a porn show or a real estate show? Either way, we're getting calls. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. They need oh. houses too. Yeah, 100. Uh-huh. percent They make a lot of money, so I'm good with that. I'm Call not, me. I'm not against it. Yeah, it's like Jimmy G. He does what he's got to do yeah. with his broken. Foot. He also broke his body. Yeah, no kidding. But Purdy's looking good. He got hurt too. I think a concussion or something, right? I didn't see that part. No, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Question. Hey, you're just you're just mad because you're a Giants fan. I just, yeah, they suck. I just saw it on my fantasy thing when I was getting crushed. So I, I thought they just pulled them out at the end there to keep them from getting hurt because everybody's getting hurt. They had a questionable tag next to him, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. What? So questionable <laughs> means concussion. Good. Yeah. Question means I think he got shot in the arm. I think <laughs> I, in the NFL now, if you get touched, you get into concussion protocol. So it's. I just I think everyone after every game is in concussion protocol. Probably you're, you're not allowed to play football anymore. You're not. You're not allowed to tackle nothing. So, so all right. Well, cool. I think that we can wrap this one up. But so, Mike, why don't you go ahead and? Uh, oh, these didn't uh, we do that enough with the bang behind the back? <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this one. Today. You got to give me a second to think. Hold on. Do 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 do. We're definitely getting sued for that song. Okay, I got one. This isn't like no, a, this, isn't, this isn't like a wild one or anything, but this is like a pretty good. You got to think about it. Would you rather be in a hundred foot by hundred, five hundred foot by five hundred foot swimming pool with a great white shark, or would you rather be in a five hundred foot by five hundred foot jungle with a lion? And they're both hungry. Um, I'm personally going to go jungle because I feel like I could hide in the jungle where I can't hide in the pool. Yeah, so there's like trees and stuff. I could like. Climb. Is it like a? Yeah. Well, don't change it. It's a jungle. Is it like a male lion? Uh, it's a male lion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you could beat up a female lion. No, what I'm thinking, <laughs> no, what I'm thinking is, right? Male lions climb trees, but they're not. A, they don't really climb like the females. Well, they won't come after you and stuff, right? So maybe if you get higher up, they weigh more. <laughs> he you might, know, he might try to bang you. That's my only thought. Like, <laughs> you could cut that. Get out. at that cut tree. That, cut that out. Yeah, you're not fighting that one off. <laughs> oh no, I'm not cutting that out. But. uh uh, but in the ocean or in the water, there's like little buoys. You can try to hop up on a buoy. Oh, then yeah. Well, yeah, on a buoy, you'd be pretty safe from a shark. But it's hungry. It's starving, and you're bleeding from your leg. <laughs> you're well, that, adding yeah, that's, so yeah, much. You're bleeding it. from your leg. I'm gonna die out anyways. Like, what? Am I bleeding from my leg in both scenarios, or just you're both scenarios? But not like you're not like it's not like life altering bleeding. But you're bleeding. No, so you're bleeding from your leg enough for the shark to notice. Exactly. That's pretty life altering. But you're on the buoy. Yeah, I'm going to still stick with the jungle. I think I could hide. I'm in the jungle all day. Get me out of that water. I don't know, but there's a lot of, I can. Think about all the spiders that are in the jungle. No spiders. Just one lion and then just one shark. There's nothing else. <laughs> one lion, one shark, and just jungle and Yes. Bowl. Yeah, I'll go jungle. Yeah, me too. 
Okay. Sharks, I don't do. I don't even go in the ocean. I don't go on the beach. I'm scared to swim in the lake. <laughs> I know. Uh, you tell them like the alligators got out from the local yeah. zoo at, the, at Havasu. Piranhas, there's all things. Like cat. I'm even scared of catfish. <laughs> oh, well, they're ugly. Yeah. I get that. They might bite you. Carp? Also Carp. ugly. It so, just sounds scary. Yeah, have you seen that thing where like they go down and fish and they catch things, the, the, like, those big old carp or whatever they yeah, have with the catfish with their hands and they yeah. stand? Yeah. I don't want to see that at all. Oh, dude, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, and they pick them up, they're like, Argh! they're big, <laughs> huge. Yeah. Screw that, dude. It's like, it looks like they just ate their arm. Yeah. I'd be the one that found like the snapping turtle <laughs> in the thing. <laughs> my whole damn arm. My, like, a shark would come bite my whole body off. I'd grab a great white from the lake. They can swim in lakes. Bull shark can. Oh, bull shark. Yeah. But I don't think that far up in a lake. I don't know. But they can go fresh water, I think. That's good to know. Sharks know. Maybe you guys need to watch. <laughs> Shark week. <laughs> uh, inside joke. Yep. All right. Well, that's it for us today. Uh, subscribe. Listen to wherever you guys listen to. Share with your friends. Like it. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll be back. Thank again. you. Uh, next time. Adios. Adios.